Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Forget Your Troubles, Come On, Get Happy edition, as the Bengals get a badly needed first win of the year, beating the Jets on the road 27-12. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, post-game comments from players and coaches, and analysis from my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Then, in this week's Fun Facts segment, you'll get to know the Bengals' new long snapper, Cal Adamitis. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since New York City Bagels. Because of the UC football schedule, I had to fly to New Jersey at the crack of dawn on Sunday. I headed to the airport at 5 a.m. without eating anything, and by the time I landed in Newark around 8.30, I was famished. So, I stopped at a bagel shop in the airport. Why is it that bagels in the New York City area are so superior to the rest of the world? My bagel tasted like it was right out of the oven, and it was the size of a truck tire. There are bagel shops in Cincinnati that I really like, but nobody does it better get it, then the bagel geniuses in the Big Apple. Now, let's get to Sunday's game. For the past few years, when the Bengals have won the coin toss, they have deferred, and there's a simple reason to do so. It gives you the chance to get back-to-back scores without the other team getting the ball if you can score at the end of the second quarter and score again to begin the third. But the Bengals' offense has been so anemic in the first half this year that Ted Karras who joined Joe Burrow as a captain this week, was told that if he won the toss, the Bengals would take the ball. You know, we hadn't had the lead yet in the whole season, two games. So, you know, that was my orders to do. I'm glad I won the toss. Tails never fails. Here we go. And the Bengals started the game in attack mode as Burrow threw 10 passes on an 11-play opening drive. A four-yard touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd was wiped out by a holding penalty, but that didn't kill the drive. Burrow drops back to throw. Looking, backpedaling, stepping left, scrambling left, still looking to throw his nice. pass. Caught at nice. the goal line. Touchdown. Nice. Samaj Pirine got open as Burrow scrambled. He caught it right at the goal line, and the Bengals score. It was 7-0 Bengals before the Jets got the ball. Here are Joe Burrow and Lael Collins on the decision to begin the game on offense. I thought that was a good call. Obviously, you know, we put seven on the board on the first drive, but if you if you go three and out, it's a different conversation. So uh, we came out aggressive, and it, it paid off for us. Yeah, I think we got to take the ball every week to start the game off no matter what. That way we start ahead, we let our defense, you know, play with the lead all game. And uh, I think that's how we're going to dominate opponents for the rest of the season. So was that, a, was that a decision that kind of like everybody in the team's like, look, we win the coin toss, let's take the football in, let's get after it? That's the mindset, that's the attitude. You know, be a physical attack offense, and that's what we did from the jump, and that's what we're going to do from here on out. The Jets answered with a field goal to make it 7-3, and the Bengals gave them the ball right back. First and 10. Burrow wants to throw again. His pass caught by Chase at the 40. Oh. He has the ball stripped away, and the Jets recover it at the 43-yard line. 
That led to another field goal that made it 7-6. But on Cincinnati's next drive, Jets defensive lineman John Franklin Myers was called for unnecessary roughness for a hit on Burrow when the Bengals otherwise would have had to punt. That proved to be an egregious mistake. Burrow back to throw. Blitz coming. Throws over the nice. middle. Caught by Tyler Boyd. Breaks nice. away from two defenders. Sprinting down the middle of the field to the 20. It, 15, 10, 5. Yeah. Lunges for the end zone. Touchdown. Nice. Bengals on the final play of the quarter as Tyler Boyd pinballed off two defenders and took it to the house for the score. And the Bengals make the Jets pay. All out blitz. Running route to the middle of the football field. Tyler Boyd says, I'm not only going to make the catch, I'm going to break a tackle. I mean, the Jets brought seven or eight. They brought the house. That gave the Bengals a 14-6 lead at the end of the first quarter as Boyd finished with four catches for 105 yards, the first time he's led the team in receiving yards in the Bengals' last 10 games. You know, any one of us can go off. You know, we just got to do our assignments. You just let, my motto is I always just let it come, just let it come. You know, and um, when the ball come my way, and I can make the play, I'm going to always make it. T. Higgins also had a big day with 93 yards on five catches. First and 10 Bengals at the 25. Burrow fakes a handoff to Mixon. He's going to fling it deep again. T. Higgins oh, makes the catch. Baby. Penalty flags down as Higgins went up and over. Sauce Gardner to catch it, and T. Higgins helmet is not helmet. getting up. That's a helmet-to-helmet hit. That's what the penalty flag's for. That 45-yard catch and 15-yard penalty led to a short Evan McPherson field goal that made it 17-6. And when the Jets got the ball back, the Bengals immediately took it away. Hilton coming on a slot corner blitz. Deep throw Pick down it. the middle of the field. Yeah. Intercepted by Logan Wilson. Running back to the near sideline at the 50. Gets a block from Hilton at the 40. He's at the 30. Oh, Cuts back to the 20. Loses oh, no. the ball. And there's a scramble at the 25. Von Bell saying that the Bengals recovered. And it looks like Cincinnati did. Trey Flowers with the recovery. It led to another Money Mac field goal and a 20-6 lead. The Jets ended the half with a 52-yard field goal to make it 20-9. The Bengals were in the lead for the last 24 and a half minutes of the half. And Burrow says that is a much easier way to play. That's ideal, right? Then you can run the ball, you can play action, you can run your nakeds. You're not just dropping back every play. So that was, I mean, that's critical going forward for the rest of the year is just coming out fast, putting points on the board, staying close. Now you're not in two minutes the whole game. And that puts the offensive line in better positions. It makes it easier to call plays. Um, so that was that was critical. Any thoughts of a Jets comeback in the second half were thwarted by Trey Hendrickson. Finish. Hendrickson yeah. hits Flacco from behind. He's got his second sack of the game. The ball came out, and the Bengals recover. Yes, sir. A strip sack. B.J. Hill recovered at the Jets' 24, and four plays later, the lead grew to 18. Burrow clapping his hands, catches the Uh snap, pump fakes, throws, Uh caught, chase with the catch. Burrow belted after the throw. It's a touchdown for Cincinnati. Burrow threw for 275 yards with three touchdowns, no picks, and a passer rating of 114.9. He was only sacked twice. Here's Ted Karras. Classic Joey B game, throwing at deep shots, and our receivers made big plays, so very proud of all the guys. Uh, it was a team effort. Obviously, our defense played great, um, and, you know, it's just an all-around team win. Greg Zerline's fourth field goal of the game made it 27-12 going to the fourth quarter. The Jets got the ball two more times 
and the Bengals defense took it away. Flacco is ready, extends the hands, catches the shotgun snap. Come on, Hendrickson's Trey. got yeah. him, and the Bengals will sack Flacco. Yeah. Looked like the ball came out again because of the rush by Trey Hendrickson. Hendrickson was credited with two and a half sacks and three forced fumbles. Comes with the game of football. I mean, it's a 22-man game. And, you know, when you're playing football, you're playing for your brothers next to you. It's not all about the statistics. I know they'll come. Um, we just play hard up front. We rush the passer effectively. And, um, you know, it's just cheap, keep chopping wood. I'm not really looking at stats and all that stuff. I mean, we had two losses, and those are the things that were important to me. And it meant a lot that we got this win. Since Trey doesn't like to toot his own horn, Let's hear from Logan Wilson. I just could see it in his eyes throughout the whole week of preparation. It was just, he was just time. He was just due for one of his Trey Hendrickson days, and um, today was that day. Appropriately, the final nail in the coffin was provided by the Bengals defense. 62 seconds remain. Fourth down and one for the Jets. Flacco catches the shotgun snap. He fires over the middle. It's batted up in the air and yeah. is intercepted. And that, for the first time this year, is coffin nails. Bam, bam, bam. And Jesse Bates, Bates, Bates with the INT. Yep. The final score 27 to 12. Once again, here's Ted Karras. So you get the taste of victory, man. It's what we work for. It's a culmination of a lot of hard work. Um, a lot of just a lot of guys making plays today. I thought we, we handled the game plan the right way. And we got a quick turnaround here. And you know, we have a chance to even it up after a rough start and, and get back on track against a team that's rolling. So we're excited, we're ready to go. Um, you know, there's some things to clean up still in the game. I thought we played played pretty good against a really good defensive front. That's just about as good as the D-line gets in the NFL, interior-wise. Um, so I thought we held up pretty solid, um, but let's go. Up next, a Thursday night home game against the 3-0 Miami Dolphins, who beat everybody's Super Bowl favorite, Buffalo, on Sunday. I spent a few minutes with Jesse Bates after the game. Before we get to that, we remind you that this podcast is brought to you in part by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. Now, here's Jesse Bates. Jesse, you held the Jets without a touchdown. Four field goals, you had four takeaways. What about the performance of the defense? How would you describe it today? Obviously, when a team doesn't score a touchdown on you, that's always good. Um, but the main thing that um, is a positive for us was we got turnovers. Uh, we won the turnover battle. And like I said, I think we played really good defense the past three weeks. Um, but being able to create some turnovers, get our offense the ball, um, I think we did a really good job. Um, and then also, you know, just with our pass rushers finally get going, you know, you got Trey, got three sacks, um, and then we get interceptions. You know, that, that kind of comes along with playing complimentary football um, on defense. So as our rushers continue to get free and get home, uh, there will be more opportunities for us, you know, safeties, corners, nickels, everybody to get interceptions. We just got to capitalize on it. So, And an interception for you today along with Logan Wilson, so congratulations on that. How important was the opening drive Winning the toss, taking the ball, which is unusual, going down the field to score. How important was that to set a tone today? Yeah, it was a, the message throughout the whole week. Um, starting practice fast and then starting the game fast as well. So um, it, it was a mindset that Coach Taylor did a really good job. He had a plan uh, this week of what we we're going to come in here and do. There was a lot of commentary during the week along the lines of don't panic, practice well, do what we do. 
now that you've followed that and come away with a win, is that kind of the mood now? All right, we take, we've take we taken care of business, that's one. Anytime you get a win, that's good. Um, and we got the first one out the way, and you know now it's just it's going to have to keep, keep going. We got a game in four days, four, four or five days um, against a really good team that's 3-0. So it'll be a great challenge for us, and I think it'll be ready to prove uh, – not to ourselves, but you know the whole world, what we're about in this locker room. So there, there was never no panic or no question about who we were in this locker room uh, before we got this first win. You know the ones that we're going to get in, in the future. So uh, just got to continue to practice hard and um, execute our offense and defense and special teams. So final thing, following up on Trey Hendrickson, did you think this was coming? He didn't have a sack coming in. Three, well, two and a half sacks and three forced fumbles today. You know Trey. He's a man, maniac. I always call him a maniac. And um, I'm just happy to see him get going. Uh, he, I think last year he had a sack almost every game, so he kind of made up for it uh, today with, you know, getting two and a half, three. So um, I just love seeing him, you know, get back there and then do a little celebration. Uh, and then for him to get two and a half today was great. So he's a hardworking man, great person. So I'm not surprised um, by his him continuing to do well um, getting back to the quarterback. So. Congrats on the INT. More importantly, congrats on the win. Absolutely. Appreciate that. That's Jesse Bates. Now time to hear from head coach Zach Taylor. He spent three minutes with Dave Lapham after the game. Congratulations. Big win. Win by two scores in the NFL. Not an easy task. No, winning is difficult in this league, especially on the road against a team we got a lot of respect for. Um, they got us last year. So I thought our guys really did a good job answering the bell, creating some momentum for ourselves. We just needed to rip that Band-Aid off for our first win. And, and um, I thought our guys did a really nice job today. You guys are obviously excited about it. I mean, that music's uh, it's, it's hopping out there, Coach. It's a, it's a little party atmosphere out there and, and well-deserved because, you know, you're in both football games. I mean, the NFL, like you said, it's a, it's a tough, uh, tough dynamic. I thought complimentary football today. Defense take it away, short field, offense score touchdowns. Agreed, you know, and especially to start the game there, offense got the ball, went down, scored, so the defense could play with the first lead of the year. Start the second half, we challenged the defense, find us another turnover. They did. Offense punched it in with points. So those moments right there were key in this game. And uh, and it's always good for the defense in the in the game with the turnover. You know, the offense is starting to drive. Everyone's getting worn out. For Jesse to come up with that pick is a big deal. So third down, you not only convert on third down, it was third and long in some situations. You score touchdowns on those big third down conversions. How big was that? Yeah, it's a big deal. You know, that's TB stepping up, making a big play for us. And, um, again, it's it's he's always the guy that's we can count on when a moment's big and we need a big play. We know TB's going to be the one to step up and be capable of doing that. So for him to not only make that catch on a great route but to finish the playoff was uh, something that really gave us a huge boost right there. I thought a good sign was at the end of the football game as a former lineman, you go in with big bodies, you got six linemen out there, and you're just, you know, you're not trying to surprise anybody about anything. You're just going and pounding people, and, and you're kind of beating them into submission and just letting the clock wind down. That was a good thing to see. Yeah, it was, that's how you want to end the game, you know. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we got to execute the kick to finish off that drive and really put that game away. But I thought our guys up front were starting to, starting to feel the momentum there and getting some good push, and, and Samaji was doing a good job finishing it. Uh, as he subbed in there for Joe. So I, I thought that was a really good way to end it for the offense. Trey Hendrickson came up large. I mean, I think he forced three fumbles himself, had two and a half sacks and three forced fumbles on the day. I think it was a crazy day. Great job by him. You know, it's um, we, we he's been close, you know, so many times the last two games. And for him to create the two, three turnovers that he did and B.J. cleaning up two of them uh, is big that we get that from the defensive line. And, and the other team's quarterback feel they can feel that guy breathing down his neck and it affects their play. 
So, yeah, I thought Joe, Bar uh, Joe Flacco was throwing off his back foot a lot today. I mean, I didn't think he really had time to step into his throws and, you know, kind of complete the mechanics of his throws. I thought the pressure was pretty significant all day long. They did a good job. You know, a couple more sacks that were closed where he got the ball at the last second, kind of spiked it in the ground there. Um, so I, I thought that our defense really did a nice job holding them to four field goals. Two of them started in our territory. Uh, I thought it was an exceptional performance by those guys. They didn't take a red zone snap until the very end of the football game and still ended up, uh, you know, settling for a field goal. So I, I think up until that point, the deepest penetration the Jets had was the 25-yard line. I mean, when they had to, the defense just bowed up. Yeah, they've really done that for three weeks now. They, they've played really well. Um, we're going to need that to continue. Appreciate you. Congratulations on a big dub. Awesome. Appreciate it. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. The Browns beat the Steelers on Thursday night, and the Ravens won in New England on Sunday. So after three weeks, Baltimore and Cleveland are tied for first at 2-1. and one. The Bengals and Steelers are a game back at 1-2. and two. Now, time for post-game analysis and this week's Radio Guys Recap. Lap, the Bengals get a badly needed victory by 15 points in New York. The offense set the tone today by winning the toss, taking the ball, and marching 75 yards to score. Yeah, that's the seventh uh, straight win where they've scored first and the sixth straight win where they've scored on their first drive. So it's pretty important, I think. Um, figured they need to change something up. You know, I mean, why, why, just... Uh, Whatever you need to do to try to get a, a W is uh, is what you need to do. So I thought playing with a lead for the first time, you know, was a big deal. And uh, that wasn't an easy drive, you know. Had to go 10 plays to, to cover the distance they needed to cover. And uh, it was the sign of things to come on third down, some nice third down conversions. And they had some, you know, three of their touchdowns were on third down and third and long in some cases. So it was kind of a foreshadowing of things to come. It was nice to be the sackers instead of the sacky uh, today. Just two sacks allowed, four sacks for the Bengals, including two and a half for Trey Hendrickson. I know you talked to LC after the game. What would you think of the play of the O-line? Yeah, I mean, I thought that it was it was solid. You know, I, I, I think, uh, like we were saying during the game, I think that this the, the amount of time that they sustained their blocks and protection was a, was a big factor, and it allowed Joe to do some of the things he wanted to do, you know, to extend and create plays when the initial stuff wasn't there. Um, he, he had some Houdini-like escapes, there's no question, but the fact that guys were still pressing into guys and protecting Joe, I thought was a was a definitely a step in the right direction, and, you know, LC gutted it out, you know. He, uh, he's he got a issue he's dealing with. Uh, I asked him, is it is it more pain? Is it more uh, stiffness? And he said it, it is what it is, and he's just gonna gonna continue to try to operate at the best level he can operate at. So, it, it's, I thought today was a good good example once again of complimentary football and defensive takeaways. He gave the offense short fields, and the offense didn't waste any time, you know, putting points on the board and and uh, paying it off. So it was all it was all pretty sound. In retrospect, was there anything more predictable than Joe Burrow would come out sharp and have a good game today? Not after the way he handled himself during the week. I mean, he told everybody to uh, R-E-L-A-X, relax. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers did that and played well after he did that. So I think uh, I think he realized how close, you know, they were in terms of, uh, you know, getting getting over the top. 
and and they get over the top. You, you win by two scores in the NFL. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. You've you've had a pretty good day. There's no question. Trey Hendrickson, two and a half sacks, three forced fumbles. I don't know off the top of my head the last time a Bengal had three forced fumbles in the game, but just an extraordinary performance by Trey. And I can't believe that he wasn't triple team like he was in Dallas. You know, I mean, Dallas would put a tackle, a tight end, and a and a back on him at times, and uh, I, they they singled him up a lot more than I thought he'd be singled up, and he showed why that's not a good decision. So I, I would expect. Uh, in the future, here in the immediate future, <laughs> that that uh, Thursday night, I would think Trey's going to draw a lot of attention after having the type of game that he had. Other than his performance, what stood out about the defense and holding the Jets without a touchdown in this game? Yeah, I mean, they didn't have a red zone snap until the very end of the game. Their deepest penetration was the 25-yard line. I think they continued to tackle very well, and I thought their big objective was to uh, squeeze the space between you know, themselves in the back or tight end to whoever, you know, Joe Burrow's just looking for completions, getting those completions to those guys and um, putting themselves in position to, to make tackles and then doing it. You know, this, this uh, defensive football team doesn't miss many tackles. There's no question about it, and I thought they tackled really well today. The running game, by and large, wasn't very good until the end of the game, and then Samaj P. Ryan had 47 rushing yards on one drive. Were the holes bigger during that stretch? Was he hitting it a little bit better or differently from Joe? What did you notice during that stretch? Yeah, I mean, I, I noticed a real commitment on everybody's, uh, everybody's part, you know. I mean, uh, they went big. They went six offensive linemen. They weren't trying to fool anybody what they wanted to do. Had the lead, wanted to close it out, you know, melt the clock frustrate the Jets, just, uh, you know, impose their will. And uh, I think that's a good sign. It's the, the running game has been sputtering to be kind, you know. So hopefully a drive like that might, you know, might ignite some things and, uh, you know, sharpen the execution and, and get some things going. The one thing I will say about Samaj P. Ryan, though, man, he didn't, he made quick decisions and just, he, he went after it. He got downhill, squared his shoulder pads up and, and ran, you know, behind his pads. There's no doubt about that. He was thumping people. And had a 12-yard touchdown catch before that. Yeah, that was that was big on third down as well, to uh, you know, f- give himself as a make himself an available target for Joe Burrow as he's, you know, just trying to get something done, extend and create a play. Well, that that wasn't the that wasn't the way that play was drawn up, but the uh, the results were pretty darn good. So as far as home team advantage or home field advantage goes. The saying is Thursday night home games are the biggest advantage you can have. Short week, you don't have to travel. Well, it could come in handy this week because the Dolphins are three and zero. They beat the Buffalo Bills today. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a huge win for them to uh, for them to go to Buffalo and, uh, and, and or Buffalo to go down to Miami and get that get that W. I mean, um, I know I know the Bills were shorthanded defensively. They had some injuries in the secondary. I think they were missing one of their guys up front as well, but. You know, you still have to uh, you have to play both sides of the ball, and they've got a pretty good quarterback. So obviously, the Miami Dolphins' defense stepped up as well, and uh, they got themselves a huge win. I mean, the division win like that against everybody's Super Bowl favorite. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be sky high. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, if they'll have a letdown or if they'll you know tr- sustain that that level of performance. Um, short week, got to travel. Not a, not a short flight from Miami. We'll see. Hopefully the Bengals build some momentum off of this win and, and come out and play very physical football against the Dolphins. Nice to say coffin nails for the first time this year. <laughs> it was very nice. It was, let's do it about uh, 10 more times. That would be good.
The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home business and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. Now, time to turn the page and get to this week's Fun Facts interview where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with long snapper Cal Adamitis from Pittsburgh and Central Catholic High School, alma mater of Dan Marino. Is there a Dan Marino shrine at Central Catholic? Uh, I won't quite say shrine, but there's, uh, there's certainly a, a lot of respect given to his name in the, in the Central community for sure. <laughs> Understandably why. Now, you were a fullback tight end in addition to being a long snapper and good enough to have some smaller college offers, correct? Didn't reel in the offers because I had some injuries my senior year that uh, kept some schools from pulling the trigger on me. But going into that season, attended a lot of camps and had, had a pretty wide uh, variety of interests from D1AA and higher level D2 schools. You told me back in OTAs that your dad deserves credit for convincing you to become a long snapper. What was his pitch? Basically, um, pretty much that, you know, the team that I was playing on realistically was a pretty stacked high school team. And, you know, I was realistic, knew my uh, limitations as a tight end fullback. And he said, hey, I know you have big dreams about wanting to play football as long as possible. And this is a, a way to continue to do it. And, you know, I'm still playing football. So he certainly gets credit for that. How often did you practice, and how did you practice to get good at this? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously during practice we had a, a good guy named Roy Phyllis who uh, helped us out during practice in high school just learning the ropes with the kickers, punters, and snappers. And then in addition to that, just kind of spent a lot of time actually with my dad uh, at the local elementary school field just repping it out and, you know, doing all sorts of different things to work on snapping under pressure. And I remember him just here and there, you know, banging pots and pans or doing some interesting stuff to try to distract me while I was snapping. But just got a lot of reps in with him, and, and my brothers as well always helped out. We're doing fun facts with Cal Adamitis. I typed long snap trick shots into Google and got nearly 25 million results. Do you have a favorite that you've seen, and have you ever tried anything? Well, you know, uh, just to stroke his ego a little bit, I'll definitely say, you know, Clark Harris's world's longest snap is certainly uh, an impressive uh, impressive uh, snap. But, you know, I've never done a ton of the trick shots. I've always just kind of focused on snapping it to the punter or the holder. But it is fun to watch those videos every now and then. I know when, like, there was a challenge where guys would snap it and try to hit, like, the cap off of a bottle. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but I'd probably say those two were the most impressive to me. I've seen through the window of a moving car. That's a pretty good one you, you might want to try. Yeah, and now you're giving me a list of things to work on in the, my free time. <laughs> Cal, you spent five years at Pitt. You majored in economics. If pro football had not worked out, did you have a plan B career-wise? In my fifth year at Pitt, I was able to start my MBA um, at their business, their graduate business school, and um, that's certainly something I want to complete in the near future um, in the, the off time with football is completing that MBA. But, you know, I have to say my, my minor was history, American history, and that was probably what I was more actually like passionate about as a student. Um, so, you know, trying to, I guess, have my, you know, feet in both pools a little bit there. But uh, I, I can't say I know exactly what I wanted to do, but I just knew I wanted to finish up that MBA and, uh, you know, maybe something that somehow incorporated a little bit of history as well. Mm. But I just I, I hadn't thought a ton into it. I uh, obviously my plan A was football and uh, it's, it's still been working out so far. So I'm all in with that right now. Plan A is definitely working out. What was the highlight of your pit experience, whether it was football or just school in general? 
I'd certainly say winning the ACC championship um, with that group of seniors we had last year. You know, it was a, it was a pretty old team, um, just a lot of guys who had been there for a lot of years and, you know, just fell in love with the school, you know, had a great relationship with Coach Narduzzi and his staff and just a lot of guys that, you know, genuinely genuinely cared about Pitt and Pitt football and wanted to, you know, bring some glory back to to Pitt script and, you know, t- guys that always knew about or heard about the teams from the 70s and 80s that were winning national championships and wanted to kind of rekindle that flame a little bit. And we, we certainly, you know, did a little bit of that and hoping the trajectory keeps it that way at, at Pitt. Were you a big fan growing up? Yeah, so this is a funny story. I, I My dad went to Penn State, and that's kind of a no-no in the in the, the Pitt community. But, um, no, basically uh, grew up kind of rooting for both teams, obviously, because my, my dad was a Penn Stater and, you know, spent some time in the Happy Valley and some time at uh, the North Shore at, at Pitt football games. And, and then it wasn't until my recruiting process when, uh, you know, my older brother and I both kind of felt a little bit snubbed by by Penn State and you know I got the a chance to play at Pitt and you know things just went great and so then you know it was a full 180 and we just were became a a blue and gold family after that. We're chatting with Cal Adamitis you were the top ranked long snapper in last year's draft class but didn't get selected you said afterward though that your relationship with Darren Simmons Bengals longtime special teams coordinator was a key to winding up here how did that relationship start and what was it about Darren that made such a strong impression? Even from the jump um, at the Combine, um, that was, I think, the first time I interacted with him just because he wasn't able to be there for the Senior Bowl, obviously, since, you know, the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, which is, you know, a good reason to miss it. Um, but, you know, being at the Combine, just kind of the way that he took over the drills and um, I almost was, like, confused at first. I was like, wait, is this guy, like, a coach or is he, like, run the, like running the show? But he, uh, you know, he just kind of took control of things and, you know, just seemed very sharp and, you know, continued to have Zoom calls with him and then his assistant, Colt Anderson, as well, and just started to build that relationship and just saw their track record and, you know, the sense of the, the stability that he has within this pro, this organization. Um, and just there's a reason why, you know, he's been here for as long as he has. And, and then also saw just the track record with Clark and Kevin as well you know as a specialist like there can be a lot of turnaround but you hope to find yourself in a position where you you find a system and a coach that works and you stay there your whole career basically and that's that's the dream and that's what that's what his track record's been so um it was like hey you know that's that's what I want why why settle for anything less basically all right a few wild card categories legendary Cincinnati Reds broadcaster Marty Brenneman had his head shaved for charity a few years ago. He raised a ton of money for the Dragonfly Foundation. You did something similar at Pitt for Cal's kids. Describe what you did. Yeah, so we did a a fundraiser um, with some of the new NIL policies Um, in college. We were able to work with Children's Hospital Pittsburgh and uh, just basically started a fundraiser for uh, pediatric cancer care. And, um, you know, with the success our team was having, things kind of just took off and, you know, ended up getting um, talked about on, like, college game day and on a lot of our bigger games and the big broadcasts. And it was just really cool. You know, I had a ton of great help from some awesome people at Pitt, EJ Borghetti, Celeste Welsh, Chris LaSala, all people who, you know, helped out a ton along with Coach Narduzzi, Coach Powell, all the coaches. And, and uh, you know, just, you know, our the the wins, the big wins were helping too. You know, I can't go without noticing just the excitement around the program really helped channel that as well into a charitable cause as well and uh it was cool like I remember when we played VTech 
Um, we had a big win at their place, and there was like a $25,000 increase in donations just because like people were fired up about Pitt football, and then they're like, oh, like this is a way to like put my energy and love for Pitt into like charity as well. And so it just worked out like the, the season and the, the fundraiser just kind of took off together and ended up uh, raising over $100,000 um, for children's, children's uh, pediatric cancer care. And uh, then a- after we reached the goal, um, it was, what, the week – after the AC championship, we shaved my head, and uh, yeah, so my hair went went bye bye. But it was for a great cause. <laughs> you had the long, flowing, shoulder length locks before that. Do you ever miss it? Absolutely, and uh, you know, I'm kind of in the process of uh, you know growing it back out again. I I just miss having a little little lettuce coming out of my helmet. Um, <laughs> but I'm doing a little something with the beard as well right now too. So we might, we, who knows, we might be able to do something uh you know in the Cincinnati community with that right in uh, this season so we'll see where that goes and yeah definitely do miss it though so as we've noted you're from Pittsburgh is there Primanti Brothers sandwich with the meat cheese coleslaw tomatoes french fries everything else all jammed between two pieces of Italian bread disgusting or delicious well um you know it's it's sure not skyline chili <laughs> no <laughs> have to <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. I have to admit it's uh, it, I definitely grew up eating a number of those, you know, in just different like after sporting events or, you know, at at sporting events. And, um, you know, I, I thought it's pretty yummy, but I'm definitely getting pretty acclimated to Grater's ice cream and uh, Skyline Chili as well. So, you know, it's definitely uh, haven't haven't really had a Primanti sandwich in a while, to be honest. All right. Well played. Very well played. <laughs> Final question for Cal Adamitis. This is kind of a deep one. If you could meet anybody in history, athlete, actor, statesman, religious figure, whoever that person might be, who would it be? Hmm. I mean, you know, I come from a Catholic family, so I'd obviously have to say Jesus. Like, I'd I'd love to just pick his brain, I guess. I don't know if that's the right thing. But, you know, a little easier, maybe more fun answer. uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably say, just being a history guy, I would love to meet, like, George Washington or any like the founding fathers because just the way they thought and you know created this country is uh it's it's kind of mind-blowing and and just how ahead of the time and the thought processes of that time they were to you know write the Declaration of Independence and you know establish a a system a, a republic you know of government and uh yeah, so I definitely say one of the one of the founding fathers, maybe Ben Franklin, because he's a very fascinating character mm-hmm. as well. So that'd be my yeah, probably Benjamin Franklin. Jesus, George Washington, and Ben Franklin. It would be a great trio <laughs> with a long snapper thrown in there for good measure. Hey, I appreciate your time. Congratulations on your success, and best of luck the rest of the year. Thank you so much. Hooday. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, presented by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals, by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals, free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs by Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals, and by AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.